Blog Talk Radio. Moment 
that I'll ever know Were once upon a long time ago and uh, we share that once upon a long time ago with the airlines that uh, we worked for and we come back and, and go back and trace it in our memories each week. And today we have a special show for you. But first of all, we, as we do each week, we like to give a big hello to some of the 50 countries around the world who listen to the show every week. Uh, they change from time to time, but consistently we usually have listeners in Norway, Netherlands, United Kingdom, Ireland, Germany, Latvia, Russia, China, Romania, Croatia, Austria, Switzerland, France, Spain, Portugal, Kenya, United Republic of Tanzania, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Canada, and we added a new country a few weeks ago, a country called Myanmar, which was the old Bermuda. All listening to the radio show, and wow, what an impressive audience. It sounds like an uh, assembly of countries in the United Nations. But uh, we're so happy that these folks listen to our show weekly as it shows up uh, on my uh, status report every week. My name is Neil Holland. I'm the retired captain with Eastern Airlines and the producer of the show. And we'd like to, uh, you to call in and talk with our guest host during the show or add your comments. Uh, you can dial us on area code 213-816-1611. Again, that's area code 213-816-1611. Now, that number will put you right on my producer's board, and you're ready to talk. If I open up your microphone, we may be in the middle of a, a part of the program that uh, we haven't reached the callers yet, but uh, we'll try to get to your call. And the only way I can know that you're there and want to say something is when I ask uh, who's with uh, area code, and I'll state the codes. Since we have callers and listeners from all airlines, we thought it would be a great uh, a great to start a series of little-known facts about airlines, and both gone and, and still flying today. Uh, today we start with Transworld Airlines, better known to most of us as TWA. Here's a commercial you may remember if you're from that great airline, TWA, and see if you remember this. Wouldn't you like to fly up, up, and away? Wouldn't you like to fly up and away? If you'll take our hand, we'll take your dream across the sky. For we can fly, we can fly up, up and away. How beautiful. 
star in the twilight canopy And search the world for the sight you long to see Your heart is young, you're alive, so come with me we lost a, a great friend with Eastern Airlines, and I'm going to uh, play a little background uh, instrumental uh, known as High Flight. And I'm going to ask Jim Holder to tell us about the person that we lost this past week. Jim, go ahead. Captain Richard, known as Smiley, Harrison Burnett, age 81, of Palace Springs, Georgia, passed away peacefully on Sunday, May the 15th. Richard was a graduate of Northside High School in 1958, and he attended Georgia State University. He joined the Georgia Air National Guard and received his commission as a second lieutenant of the United States Air Force on the 10th of August, 1963. He was based at Moody Air Force Base in Valdosta, Georgia, for his pilot training. Richard was hired by Eastern Airlines as a pilot in 1968 and retired as a captain on the Airbus. He was very active in the retired Eastern Pilots Association and over the years held every office on the REPA Board of Directors. Richard was a Mason, a member of the Bynum's First Baptist Church where he served as a deacon. He was always the life of the party, loved by all friends and family. He is survived by his wife for 50 years, Carol Burnett, daughter Lisa Michelle Ferris of Canton, Georgia son, Lee Harrison Burnett, and his wife of Marietta, Georgia, and grandsons, William and Wyron Barnett, and Drew, Tony, and Aiden Ferris. Wait, he was a member of the Quiet Birdman. Remember? Remember the one? Uh, he, uh, I know you, Richard, very well, for he was a regular at our monthly luncheon here in Atlanta, Georgia. It was one of those luncheons that I asked Richard if he would like to come help us out on the Reaper board. He did, and as I mentioned earlier, he served in every office on the Reaper board. Richard Burnett. You know, I knew Richard also. Uh, uh, we flew together. I uh, forgot which airplane, but... Uh, we shared uh, the cockpit, and, and a wonderful person, great smile, always, always had a pleasant comment to make when he first saw you, and you, you just felt like, uh, my golly, uh, what a friend this guy is, and uh, so, yeah, we, we'll, we'll miss him greatly, and a uh, high flight uh, poem by John Denver and uh, by McGee, uh, the author of that. I was going to play today, but uh, I think, um, Jim, you uh, said uh, everything that uh, uh, we have now of, of Jim, of, of Richard, and um, we, we'll, we'll miss him greatly. 
Um, I wanted you to start off our program, if you don't mind, about TWA, uh, Jim Holder, and tell us a little bit about uh, uh, TWA. Okay, Neil. We've got so many different airlines now listening to the airline radio show, so we decided we would give voice to some of those carriers that were pioneers of commercial aviation. We're going to start the series with Transworld Airlines, better known as TWA. Along with Pan American, it was the United States global representative to those carriers that blew the flag, quote, in quote, flag of our country on the fuselage of the aircraft. Thus, the term flag carrier came to be. They were the primary carriers serving countries around the world from America. Those foreign countries flying routes to the United States also wore their country's flag on their aircraft. Hey, Captain Jim, I did not know that. In fact, I've never heard of airlines nowadays being called a flag carrier. Why is that? Uh, Margaret, there's no flag carrier in the United States because all our airlines are based on capitalism, and they're all competing against each other for passengers. Most flag carriers of the other nations are heavily, heavily subsidized by their parent country, and they represent the country across the world. So technically speaking, every major airline in the United States, American, Delta, United, is the nation's flag carrier, but give it time. I find this hard to believe, but I think it's going to happen. I'm sure they'll all eventually merge into only one major carrier, and then that would be a flag carrier. And, Margaret, uh, also, most countries are not large enough to support several large airlines. Therefore, the one large airline designates itself the flag carrier. And in developed countries, that is often just boasting. It has no formal government support. And in less development, uh, developed countries, the government may own a large slice of the largest airline, which is named after the nation and supports it. The U.S., however, like Captain Jim just said, has a number of large airlines, and in the distant past, TWA and Pan Am, Pan American World Airlines, acted as a kind of joint national carriers. But today's airlines compete too much for that now. Mm. Well, I did a little research about TWA, and here's what I can share with our listeners especially those that tune us in regularly from around the world. Transworld Airlines, obviously known as TWA, was a major United States airline which operated from 1930 until 2001. It was initially formed as Transcontinental and Western Air to operate a route from New York City to Los Angeles via St. Louis, Kansas City, and other stops with Ford Trimotors. And along with American, United, and Eastern, it became one of the big four domestic airlines in the United States. Uh, as as the Margaret, as the <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to see if. Jim Harris is with us today. I'm not sure if he is here. Jim Harris, are you with us? Uh, apparently not. But Mar Margaret, uh, continuing our story, uh, Howard Hughes acquired control of TWA in 1939. 
And after World War II, he led the expansion of the airline to serve Europe, the Middle East, and Asia. And it made TWA a second unofficial flag carrier of the United States after Pan Am. Howard Hughes gave up control in the 1960s, and, and in the new management of TWA, acquired Hilton International and Century 21. Yes, Century 21, the real estate company, in an attempt to diversify the company's business. As the Airline Deregulation Act of 1978 led to a wave of airline failures, and boy, did it. Startups and takeovers in the United States, TWA was spun off from its holding company in 1984. Carl Icahn acquired control of TWA and took the company private in a leveraged buyout in 1988. TWA became saddled with debt, sold its London roots, and underwent a Chapter 11 restructuring in 1992 and 95 and was further stressed by the explosion of TWA Flight 800 in 1996. Margaret and Jim, as you know, TWA was headquartered at one time in Kansas City, Missouri, and planned to make Kansas City International Airport its main domestic and international hub, but they abandoned this in the 1970s. The airline later developed its largest hub at St. Louis Lambert International Airport. Its main Atlantic hub was the TWA Flight Center at JFK Kennedy International Airport in New York City, an agricultural icon designed by Eero Savarin. I don't know if I got his name right. And it was completed in 1962. Planned in January 2001, TWA filed for a third and final bankruptcy and was acquired by American Airlines. American laid off many of the TWA employees in the wake of the September 11, 2001 attack. But TWA continued to exist as an LLC under American Airlines until July 1, 2003. And that, after that, American downsized the St. Louis hub later that year. Margaret? Transcontinental Air Transport, known as TAT, Western Air Express, WAE, Maddox Airlines, Standard, and Pittsburgh Aviation Industries Corporation, PAIC, merged to form what became Transcontinental and Western Air, TNWA, on October 1, 1930. The companies did so at the urging of the Postmaster General, Walter Folger Brown, who was looking for bigger airlines to give airmail contracts to. And the airline brought in high-profile aviation pioneers who would give the airline, airline rather, the panache of being called the Airman's Airline. Now, TAT had the marquee experience of Charles Lindbergh, and was already offering a 48-hour combination of plane and train trips across the United States. WAE had the expertise of Jack Fry, so TWA became known as the Lindbergh Line with the shortest route coast, coast. And for those Eastern Airlines folks, you may not have known that your president and CEO was actually brought in from TWA to run the airline back in 1963. 
And interestingly enough, that same year, Captain Neal and both Captain Jim's were also hired as new pilots with Eastern. Um, just thought I would throw that one in at no extra charge. And <laughs> for another, <laughs> and for another interesting fact, in 1961, TWA became the first airline to offer regular in-flight movies showing the Lana Turner film by Love Possessed. Now you can get a little taste of the golden age of travel yourself by visiting the brand new TWA hotel at JFK International. Um, Captain Neal, you suppose we can find another TWA TV commercial for our listeners? TWA presents the difference between getting you where you're going and leading the way. step to make flying the best it can be. That's what makes TWA one tough act to follow. Where, oh, where have all the airline commercials gone today? You know, you don't hear many of them today on television or radio and what great uh, commercials they were back in the day. I see we have a few callers on the producer's board, so uh, let's open uh, the microphones and hear comments of those that uh, are on with us right now. Uh, I see we have the author of the book, Wingtip Shoes, Memoirs of a Flight Attendant, and that would be none other than Mary Elizabeth Spritzer. Spritzer, I think I got that name right. Tell us about yourself, Mary Elizabeth, your book and your airlines, TWA, of course. Of course. Uh, You've got the name right, Spritzer. Um, I flew for TWA for 40 years, and everything you guys said so far is right on, absolutely right on. Um, I started out of Chicago, and I was based there for two years, and then I transferred to San Francisco, and I lived in San Francisco for uh, about 40 years. I flew the Orient to Bangkok, Hong Kong, Saudi Arabia, and then I did the gateway cities in New York, uh, flying all the uh, down to Cairo, Egypt. And in my book, I talk about all my memoirs and the corporate raiders. You guys did a good job of doing your research. Uh, my first trip was like catching a thief, smuggling in drugs on an airplane, that's in my book, uh, Chapter 11, and I was flying out of Washington, D.C., and uh, it was a 707 aircraft that originated from Europe, and the cleaning crew found a plastic bag of heroin stashed in the lavatory. At that point, we were uh, informed that the custom agent was going to be on the airplane, and uh, we, you know, the first thing you have in your mind is like a very deceitful-looking little nervous man coming on the plane, and it was an Italian guy. 
and I had in my mind that he was a thief. So as we were working the flight, someone went to the laboratory and picked up, had an attache case. Well, who does that? And he uh, came back, sat in his seat, and I played the I Spy game. And I said to him, are you enjoying your flight, sir? Yes, yes, I am, said the gentleman. Where are you going, sir, I required. I'm going to Mexico on business, he replied in a huff. Meanwhile, my little, my little customs man comes out of the laboratory with a strange grin on his face, went to his seat, and after brief conversation, we were approaching landing into San Francisco, and the uh, passenger went in one of those coin-operated luggage storage to place the attaché case in it. Soon, Mr. George Besta followed him and, and uh, checked inside the attaché case seven pounds of heroin. <laughs> so that was the beginning of uh, it, uh, the flight. I was very young, and then I went on to other things. Uh, I have been to 33 countries. I've met movie stars all over the world. Uh, our our TWA, the airplane that was hijacked by uh, the uh, terrorists in uh, in uh, uh, what was it called? Um, about the space. Yeah. Well, this is the untold story of this secret mission of TWA Flight 847. They there was the TW management wanted to have the pilots after the first flight was hijacked. This was like two months prior to this. And it was a, the airplane was a, a total mess. And they killed the, um, the uh, military fellow on the jet, uh, on the runway. And I came to Stephman. And uh, so I would fly those trips. I was one day behind the crews that were being hijacked. I was mm-hmm. one day behind them. So I wrote about that, and that's in my book. And there's another book out there called Triumph Over Terror on Flight 847, a story of raw courage that shocked American and changed its attitude on terrorism by John Tresek, who was our captain. So we are, are into entering in the age of terrorism, and they're everywhere. And 800, you up over Long Island. So... It's, it's a, we're in a very, very fragile time in our country. Um, that's the beginning of my story. And if anyone has questions for me there, I can talk about other things to you. But it's filled with movie stars. It's filled with great restaurants. It's the people I met. I met Mother Teresa in Bombay. And there's pictures of her and I in the book. Um, it's just filled with love, this whole reason I wrote this book was someone had to do it. So I did it. I grew up in a family where my father was a businessman and they actually owned companies. So my dad would travel and write letters to the editor. And so I, I got that probably from my father. So that's part of it. And um, it's just, it was a love for, for people and um, I, loved, I loved what I did. I loved TWA. I did it for 40 years. I was an interviewer, and I speak two languages. And uh, uh, the world's changed today. It's the flying has changed, but the, like you said, in this, the, the memories of what we have, of what we experience during that time in our life, no one can ever take that away from us. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of the story. <laughs> 
Any, any questions, questions from yeah from our host? And yeah. Before, yes, go ahead, I, Jim. Uh, I believe this is a fact that I heard in TWA was acquired by Americans that the pilot the TWA had their seniority list and American pilots had their seniority list, just like every airline did. And right. I believe that American Airlines put all of the TWA guys below the most junior American pilot. They they didn't integrate them. They put them at the tail end of the American seniority list. And I believe that to be a fact. You know what? Were the flight attendants treated the same way? Yes. That's why I wrote it. There's another chapter in the book about the, about the American takeover. It was terrible. It was terrible. And the underhand underhandedness that between American and their own employees, what they did was unconscionable. Kind of mm-hmm. like you take the airplanes and then say, okay, you're in the back of the bus. And that's how we were treated. So, right. yeah, it's in my book. It's in my book, too. I don't, I don't think that's ever, as far as I know, happened on another airline acquired, being acquired. <laughs> they may not have gotten exactly all of their seniority, but they were put in in some type of uh, integration process that gave the well, but to put well, the most senior yeah. captain junior to the most uh, american second officer right. just that's not right well the only thing i will add to that is when twa bought ozark they did what was what the right thing to do and they blended seniority that's what they did mm-hmm. with ozark airlines but not the case with americans so i if we had blended properly as someone like myself I was in the top 80 out of 5,000. I would be fine. I would be in the top of the line. But TWA and Ozark, weren't they both represented by Alpha, whereas American Airlines was represented yes. by their own That's union? correct. That's correct. Yeah. Exactly. So that had a lot yeah, to do with right. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So a lot of it was, like oh. you were saying earlier, with uh, TWA. Um, uh, Frank Lorenzo, Carl Icahn, those kinds of people, it was all greed, and that's in my book, too. They amen. were They amen. were greed, amen, amen. And instead of, you know, being fair, but no, they yeah. kind of left the airline, and then the hijacking situation came up, and then deregulation didn't exactly help. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then 800... And then now, uh, then it was flight 847, which which was just a whole atrocity. So yeah. yes, um, I've 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 been I've been through that all myself. That's why I wrote the book. Well, where can we get the book? Uh, do we deal directly with you, Mary Elizabeth, or do we? Where can we? Uh, where can we order the book? I, as a matter of fact, I just got my copy. And I'm uh, yes. not halfway through it yet, but a fabulous right. book, by the way. Yeah, I sent, I, I sent it to you. I sent it to you. Yeah. Okay, here's, what, here's the best way to do it, is all you have to do is Google. Now we're in technology, okay? Google <laughs> my name, Mary Elizabeth Spreitzer, S-P-R-E-I-T-Z-E-R, and you'll see the whole thing will pop up, and you can order wingtip shoes on Amazon. Uh-huh. It's on Amazon. Okay. And it's, it's doing extremely well. I've been on many, many top shows. 
Uh, I think this could be the uh, the making for a movie better than any of these movies they have today because this is real life. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. And it's not very, you know, it's fun to have somebody sticking an Uzi rifle in your ribs and want to take the flight, the flight to Beirut. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, that's where you order it. It's on, it's on Amazon, and I'm getting a good five-star review, and um, take it from there. Very good. Well, if, I'm I'm, almost... if I may interrupt. May I interject? Go ahead, Margaret. Go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to say um, I have ordered my book uh, because after reading the reviews, and I did order it from Amazon, but uh, just a couple of days ago, they only had six books left. Uh, They do say they're getting in more. I know. So I just wanted to give you that little footnote. It's getting popular. Yes, you are. It makes me feel good because I wrote this with my heart. It's it's all about my heart, and it's all about, and actually, I just I know my husband wants me to talk not talk so fast. Um, I just want to read something to you guys, if you don't mind. Can I read something to you? Sure, go ahead. Okay, okay. When you open the book, here's the first thing you're going to see. This book is dedicated to mom and dad. And to all the people I have met over the years during my many flying experiences, and to the men and women of the airline industry who put their lives on the line every day. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's very nice. Very nice. Yes, somebody, it's my <laughs> heart speaking. It's not about just me, it's about all of us. We put our life every day to do this. And it's the love of aviation, which I, I have. My family owned a small airline company, and they had uh, other corporations they owned also. I had no idea as a young girl knowing what's going to happen to her when she is accepted into TWA. None of us know. Yeah. And I lasted for 40 years, and I'm now retired. I live in Iowa. And I'm very happily married. I live in a beautiful home, and I talk about every time I get a chance, I do about this book. It's okay. filled with well, everything. That's it. Well, at this point, <laughs> let's, let's, let's put another TWA commercial on the uh, turntable. Okay. Here we go. Sure. What would you call an airline that flies to over 150 destinations in 18 countries? on four continents, over two oceans, including over 125 cities just in the U.S.? You'd probably call it something like Transworld Airlines, if that name weren't already taken. Today's TWA. Find out how good we really are. When they went bankrupt, what year did they file? Uh, we've got uh, someone else in the background. Is that your husband, uh, Mary Elizabeth, or? No, he left. <laughs> okay, Eric code, we've got 309 and 352 also. Eric code 352. 309. 309, yes. Yes. Hi, we're the Harold Newman Project. And oh, yes. You know, Can you tell us about that? I was telling Mary Elizabeth about this before we went on the air, and uh, I'm glad you uh, called in and and would you tell us about uh, what you guys are doing? Sure. 
Um, a couple of years ago, um, my dad and Fred Majorkers, who is also here to talk, um, their cousins, their fathers were cousins with Harold. And they decided that it was time that um, people knew what went on um, with the racing um, in the 1930s. Um, and Harold was renowned, world-renowned for his air racing. Um, but he did give up the racing, and he worked for TWA uh, from 1936 to 1966. And Fred said, you want to tell him the planes that he flew? Okay, thank you for putting up with us. Harold, Harold's group for TWA started in 36, and from what we were able to find out, he flew the single engine, the twin engine, the tri-motor, Constellation, and the 707 jet. So he did, he had quite a few firsts with, while he was a pilot. Um, he, he first... Um, well, it was the first pilot to fly passengers over the North Pole. Um, this is pretty exciting. 1958, he flew from Paris, France, to Chicago, and that made O'Hare Airport an international airport. Um, it was a 16-hour flight, and the Commissioner of Aviation Chicago presented our museum with one of the lights from the same runway that he landed on. Um, Harold, when he landed, presented uh, Mayor Daly uh, with an Eiffel Tower that was sent to um, O'Hare by the mayor in Paris. And um, we have that on loan at our, our museum as well. You want to tell them about um, the uh, landing in the field? Okay, I don't remember just what year this was, but... <clears throat> I'm a, I'm a farm boy that grew up on the farm, and I always had to help my dad do chores in the morning before I went to school. And we listened to the news that morning, and they stated that there was a, a constellation made a forced landing near Amarillo, Texas. And dad said, well, I wonder if that was Newman. That's as far as we've got with it. Two years uh-huh. later, Harold was in the area, and he always looked some of his relatives up with my dad being one, they kept him for supper that evening. And while they were there, dad happened to think. And he said, hey, Newman, who landed that airplane in the wheat field in Amar- near Amarillo? He had to know Harold. He laughed. That was me. <laughs> that, that's the way it ended up. What happened was he had an indication that he had a, a uh, a problem with one of the motors. He sent the flight engineer to check it. When he came back, he said, I see no fire or anything, but he said, one prop is not turning. Hmm. So, in the meantime, he was going to trying to get to the t- airport in Amarillo, and the stewardess came in and wanted to know what was going on. And in that conversation, it interrupted Harold's flight, and he lost altitude, and he said, that's it, we're going in the wheat field. 
So that's mm. what they did. They landed in the wheat field. There was no damage to the airplane. There was no injuries to any of the passengers. How lucky he was. Yeah. Shame. I think it said, too, that some of the the passengers, when they asked them if they would like to go ahead and fly, um, get on another flight, they decided to take the, the railway instead, <laughs> instead of getting back on the airplane. Um, yeah. You know, he, they have... They have a saying: When you fall off the horse, you got to get back on the horse again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't I, give I up. Think a, go ahead. Um, no, I think it took turn. a lot. I think it took a lot for Harold to get riled up about anything. I think that um, any of these, which there are quite a few. Um, Pilots that raced that became commercial pilots, um, right? And I think, <laughs> say, I'm sorry. No, you're right. I'm disagreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and for these pilots to, um, I mean, when you're when you're racing, there's so much going on, and these pilots are going 350 miles an hour around a pylon right. with. <laughs> Yeah, ridiculous. Oh, I mean, what were they thinking? And people are crashing around them. And, you know, I, some of the uh, stuff, and he's got a memoir book that's sensational. It's something well, that um, – go ahead. I, I was going to ask you if you could tell us about the reunion you guys are planning for for this sure. uh, Captain uh, Newman. Well, we we started it last year. We are um, in the process of collecting as much of his memorabilia um, from his racing career, his TWA career, and his barnstorming sky riding that he did um, and his aerobatics. Um, So last year was our first annual. Um, We got rain. And so, and because of COVID, it was it wasn't small. There was quite a few people there, but we had um, the commissioner of um, aviation Chicago there, and she was spoken. I said that she um, presented the light to us, and the museum is growing constantly. We have received um, material from Cincinnati or Cleveland Museum, from um, Oshkosh from San Francisco. He has been he's in the Smithsonian. Um, there is stuff all over. And so we're in the process. It, it costs a lot to get this stuff shipped back. And it also costs a lot to, um, we've had the Grieve Trophy, which is um, huge, that he won in 1935. Um, it was smashed. And so we're putting these back together, you know, having them restored. Um, And the people that own some of the planes that he, um, that he flew, which for Benny Howard, they were Benny Howard's planes. um, He is, uh, these people that own them um, came and spoke as well. Um, Our next, the second annual is scheduled for um, September 10th, 
and it will be an all-day event, um, and we are just starting to put together the speakers. Um, so one of the the ideas we had was to have someone from TWA that could come and be one of our speakers and tell a little bit about um, what it's like, what it was like at that time being a, a pilot for TWA, um, and um, we're hoping that someone will want to do that for us. So that's that's kind of what's going on there. We also have um, we have commissioned a, a life size um, bronze statue with him and the Thompson Trophy. Hmm. Okay. So it, you know we did a little recruiting. When I say we, um, the company I was with did a little recruiting also, and we recruited. Back in 1963, a pilot with TWA that had reached TWA's management position with TWA. I think he was a vice president at the time, and mm -hmm. uh, he became the president of Eastern Airlines. His name was uh, Floyd D. Hall. Floyd Hall became Eastern's president in '63, and. Um, he was uh, one of the better presidents that we ever had with the airlines. Did a lot of things for Eastern, uh, the Disney uh, Museum, uh, not the museum, but the Disney uh, presence uh, at Walt Disney World when it opened was uh, uh, Eastern Airlines. Uh, and uh, we, he brought on several different airplanes and so forth, but he was a, he was a great guy. We had him on our show as well, and he told us about the background about being hired by TWA years ago, and uh, it was an interesting show that we had with uh, Mr. Hall. Uh, any other questions you guys have out there? Yeah, was he the one that made us the official airline of Disneyland? That's right. That's right. Yeah. That is the official. official yeah. Yeah. Um, um, can I uh, can I add my two cents here? Sure. Go ahead, Mary Lewis. Okay. This is a letter from the White House, September seventh, nineteen ninety-five, addressed to me. Dear Mary, thank you for sharing your concerns regarding negotiations with the United Kingdom to secure additional opportunities for U.S. airlines in the U.S.-U.K. market. I appreciate your interest. As you know, the United States and the United Kingdom recently reached agreement on a package of new commercially valuable services, although the specific opportunities contained in that arrangement did not include the authority for New York-London service. My administration is pursuing intensive negotiations to continue the process of liberalization. A key element in the negotiation, which began on June 20th, is additional access for U.S. carries to London Heathrow and Gatwick. I hope the second stage of negotiations will conclude successfully. I welcome your input as we proceed in this area. Sincerely, Bill Clinton. <laughs> so that's another one. <laughs> And, uh, well, I got a I got a TWA story I can tell real quick, if I may. Good. Go ahead. My my son was living in Germany 
uh, flying in the military, and I had the occasion to go over there and uh, visit him. And uh, I, I, I think I, I was with American Transair at the time. This was after Eastern. I was flying for ATA. We had some kind of uh, agreement with him. And uh, I had a long flight over there, and I don't remember much about it. And it was a long 10-11. I mean, it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a, I guess it was a 10-11, yeah. But anyhow, coming back, I don't remember that one either. And I don't remember for a different reason. It's because the gate agent there at Frankfurt, when I got on the airplane, somehow saw or found out that I was a, a captain for American Transair, and they put me in first class. And uh, they had three departure <laughs> champagne climbing out. We had some more post-departure <laughs> champagne. And somewhere around halfway over the Atlantic, I quit remembering anything. <laughs> I mean, they plied me with beer and whiskey and wine and margaritas. I don't know. Uh, but I got Shame to, uh, so, my Lord, and the food was wonderful. It was the shortest 10-hour flight I've ever been on because I only remember about two hours. <laughs> and that's I, a true I'm gonna, story. I'm going to add to that. I'm going to add to that, guys. We were known for our food. And brisket of beef, Kensington, and first class, uh, breast of chicken, Kiev, and cordon bleu, oh, briskets yeah. and mustard sauce, fromage, uh, orange, orange I just wish I could remember uh, more about it. <laughs> Come on over to my house. We'll have a Dom Perignon champagne. <laughs> hey, hey, Margaret, it sounds yeah. like an airline Luann might want to fly for. <laughs> Well, you know, she, she's partial to air up there, so, uh, but she might want to fly with that. But, you know, she had, or, or that airline had very fine cuisine. Remember we talked about the candlelight dinners? So sometimes yeah. uh, maybe I'll, I'll talk to Mary Elizabeth about that. <laughs> I'm not sure she's Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I always, I always worked in first class. So I have to tell you one kind of fun story. Okay, um, out of Chicago, I think it was. And um, we had, it was a, a Convair, not a Convair 880, maybe a, mm-hmm. no, 707, 707. Okay, we're on a 707. And in first class in those days, you had bayonet trays that you had to put in the, into first class. You had to put these little bayonet things into their seats. And then uh, you put a tablecloth, it's the royal ambassador, you put a tablecloth over there, over this bayonet tray, and you set up their china, their wine, everything, Chateaubriand, caviar, whatever it was. Well, Julia Child was on a flight. Oh, and oh my goodness. With, this is, now listen to this. And she was, you know how she talks, oh, today we're going to make a cookie, and you hit the chip, and she talks like this. So Julia Child was sitting there, and I'm like, I'm like starstruck, right? So she had a glass of wine on the tray, and I went up to her, because I was the chef or the cook in first class, and I went up to her, and I said, oh, Mrs. Child, it's so delightful to have you on board. She went, oh, thank you very much, reaches over to grab my arm and knocks the wine all the way down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> champagne, wine everywhere. And that was Julia Child. That was Julia Child. So, oh, the book is full of stories like that. 
And it was just like, you know, we used to get on these planes sometimes and we'd go, it's a full moon, Alice. It's a full moon. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I personally yeah, can't wait humor. to read it. Oh, oh, oh you make my heart good because I, if I keep talking, I'll go on and on and on. But it's full of all of this. I had Mother Teresa in Bombay. There's pictures of her and I. We bring food, uh, clothes to the orphanages in Bombay. And I've had just all kinds of things. I mean, people just, it was amazing. It was amazing, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But it was yeah. amazing. And it was history. Your, your flight sounds a little bit more exciting than mine from Allentown, Pennsylvania, to Wilkesbury, to Binghamton, New York, to Syracuse. <laughs> Good for you, though. You did the puddle jumpers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Jim, you had a Yeah. Yeah, I want to say something, Neil. This show is indicative of uh, why you want to not, you want to listen to the whole show. You know, yeah. the first part of it, you know, what that is, you know, we're reading this, reading this, you know, and all that. But if you get yeah. in about the second 30 minutes of the show, when we run out of script, <laughs> we just start talking. It's a hell of a lot more fun. I'll take that exactly. in consideration. I might, yeah. I got another, area code 512. Uh, area code 512, yeah. who might that be? It's J.P. Harris here from Dripping Springs, Texas. Oh, J.P. Well, are you getting my emails, Jim? Uh, no, I don't think. I haven't got any of them that I know of. No. Well, I've sent you scripts and everything else, and you might want to check your trash. Uh, I guess most of my emails <laughs> well, do. Well, I, I didn't put it in the trash. It might have wound up there. Well, that's probably where it wound up. It automatically, oh, here comes one from Holland. And, but, uh, anyway, we had to uh, cover for you, Jim. We, we had, had to cover, cover for you because we had written you in the show here. Yeah. But, uh, well, good, good. But well, you're right, Jim Holder. We'll we'll do less uh, less of the music up front and more of the coverage in the back. And uh, I want to put one more commercial, real short commercial. See if you can remember this, guys, from TWA. If you want people's business, you've got to deliver. In a lot of ways, this is a new TWA. On time, reliable, and great service. We have a new commitment. It's not a question of can we do it. We are doing it. We've been posting better performance every month. Absolutely a new TWA. There's a new spirit. There's a new enthusiasm. We're really hustling out there. On-time performance is everybody's job. That is very true. It's going to be an on-time airline if I have anything to do about it. 30 brand-new jets. 30 brand-new state-of-the-art aircraft. Fantastic paint jobs. They're beautiful airplanes. Becoming a younger fleet with a lot of very uh, experienced people. There are a lot of people here to learn from. I couldn't ask for any better people to work with than the employees at TWA. We're going to take good care of you. This is our airline. We want it to be your airline. And we got more good news coming. Good ideas. Smart ideas. We know that we got to earn our customers every day, and we try to do that on every flight. TWA, Trans World Airlines. We want to be your airline. Great commercial. Great commercial. Neil, yes. Neil, I want I want to end this lovely conversation with one thing. TWA was travel with angels. That was the buzzword. Mm-hmm. Travel mm-hmm. with angels. TWA. TWA. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
the best, mm-hmm. the very best. Uh, a lot of fun talking about this airline and uh, more in the com- to come because the ones that we're doing the series about will be those that are no longer flying, uh, but uh, but uh, they're sure not forgotten like you guys are remembering. And uh, we certainly remember our airline, and uh, we like to hear other other folks talking about their airline. So that's what we're going to do in the next few weeks. And uh, we'll probably uh, invite Pan American to be our next uh, airline represented on the show. And and we get a, a lot of uh, comments on Facebook that uh, people uh, share. So uh, at any rate, uh, it's great to having you guys with us today. I thank you very much for showing up and talking about your airline and your memories and the book sounds really fascinating it, it is it's great i'm about halfway through and i agree with margaret it, it's it's a it's a good read guys thank you so much thanks for having me it was very a good. pleasure getting to talk to you mary elizabeth oh thank you have a good day everyone and well with we, angels and we're all together there you go all right well, uh, that's about the end of our hour, and uh, about that time for today's show, today's show, we hope you'll be with us again next Saturday when I, uh, we'll probably be talking about uh, Pan American and to some of their people remembering their airline, the other flag carrier of this country. I think there were two great flag carriers. I'm not certain whether Northwest uh, got into that group because Northwest Orient flew flag also. But uh, I remember before going with Eastern, boy, wouldn't it be nice to fly for one of these big flag carrier airlines? And I had no idea why they were even called flag carriers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, perhaps, yeah. Margaret, we can get uh, Lou Ann uh, to uh, come on the show next uh, next week. And, uh, is she out of town? Have you been talking with her? Yes, she had to, uh, they called her back in for some overtime. Remember, the people love those moonshine shots going on the plane and off, so they're book solid. And yes, I'll ask her, I'm sure she'd be happy to come back on. We always like to get another point of view as seen through a kaleidoscope as I put our script. <laughs> She'll enjoy that (laughs) Okay, very good Pass it along to her Well, that's the end of our show today We certainly uh, enjoyed having you all with us And we're going to get Merle Haggard To sing us out of here in Silver Wings You may have been in an Eastern airplane Looking down on a TWA airplane When he saw this bright, shiny wing The sun was reflecting off And came up with this song Silver Wings so, hey Neil. Yes, sir. Neil, one Jim. Yeah. Uh, I listened. I listened to Silver Wings last week, and I've been singing that every damn day and night since. So <laughs> I'm not going to listen to it today. Okay. Well, listen. Open oh, up your email, Jim, Jim and, and and get what I throw at you. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen. And, thank uh, you all so very much for everything you do. If if you're not getting uh, if you're not getting my stuff, I'm sending your way. Give me a call. By all means, I shall. you got my number. All right. Here comes okay. Merle. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, listen. Thank you all very much. Bye, my family. Bye. <laughs>